In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Happy Coptic New Year, Blessed Feast of Nairuz, and uh, Blessed Feast of St. John the Baptist, which was also this, this week. Our church is so beautiful. It starts the year pretty strong. We have St. John the Baptist in the beginning. We have Isaiah today. The readings are all very, very strong. And the readings for this weekend are very interesting. Um, yesterday in the morning, we read the exchange between Christ and the Samaritan woman uh, in the Gospel of John. And there's one verse in there that's interesting. He tells her, when she asks him, you know, where to worship, he tells her, you worship what you do not know. We know what we worship. John 4:22. And today, the, the psalm, which was read beautifully, um, it says, Oh, Love the Lord, all you His saints. Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear you. It's Psalm 31 in the printed Bibles, based on the Masoretic text. Psalm 30 in the Septuagint. And those two things, I think, are related. Knowing God and loving God are related. Um, I went to the high school Bible study this Friday, and uh, the lesson was very interesting. We were discussing the second epistle of Timothy, but one question in there that kept me actually thinking about the rest of the weekend is, um, Danny, he was given the lesson, and he explained, you know, Athanasius and the theology then, and then he asked, why does it matter? And that's an important question. Why does it matter? You know, all this theology, why does it matter? Why does the church put such an emphasis on it? And that question kept me all weekend. St. Augustine writes this huge book on the Trinity, the Trinitat. And in, in book 8 of this work, he addresses this question. Why, does it, why are we talking about the Trinity for all this? Like, why am I giving you all this theological information? And he says this. He says, but who loves what he does not know? For it is, a, for it is, possible, for it is possible something may be known and not loved. But I ask whether it is possible that what is not known can be loved. Since if it cannot, then no one loves God before he knows him. And what is to know God except to behold him and steadfastly perceive him in the mind? And so St. Augustine's answer is, you can't really love God unless you know him. You know something about him. You know who he is. And to do that, that's theology. He goes on in this, actually, in this, uh, in this section, and he says, if you say you love God, but you don't, know which God you love. We don't know anything about Him. You might actually be loving the wrong God. At the end of the day, you might be loving a different God, a God of your own imagination, not the one true God. Father Colleganatoius in Notre Dame says, uh, when he was talking about this passage, he said something along the lines with, he said for Augustine saying, I love God and not know like, that He's a Trinity and not know His attributes and not know about Him, is like saying, I love my wife. But I'm not really sure what she looks like. I'm not sure which one is she. He says at the end of the day, you might go home with the wrong woman. Your love might actually be unfaithful. In the same way, if we say we love God and we don't know anything about Him, or we don't know who He is, our love might actually be unfaithful to Him. That's why these, these matters are important. Because it lets us know who God is as far as humanly possible. There's a lot of things about God we will never know and we will never understand. But it is important to know who God is 
it's important to worship who we know. Is God a trinity? Do we worship a trinity or not? The faithful Christians will say yes. Others will say no. Did God come and was incarnate for me and you? Faithful Christians will say yes. Yes, that's our God. That's the one we know. Others will say no. In the Pauline epistle today, he says, uh, St. Paul says this, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. However, for this reason I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show all longsuffering as pattern to those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, to God, who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. St. Paul knows his God. He knows who came to save him. But it keeps going. I mean, the, the theological debate didn't end with Athanasius. You know, there's, there's definitely the question, who is God? Who was Jesus? Was he God? Was the man Jesus who walked on earth, is that the same God who created the heavens and the earth? Is he the one true God by his very essence? Is that who he is? Marcion said no. The Gnostics said no. Arius said no. Eunomius said no. Atheist said no. St. Athanasius says yes. That's him. That's him. The one true God that created the whole world. That's the one who came and incarnate for us. The same Logos that created the world is the same Logos that was incarnate to save it. The same God. That's our God. Was God born of a woman for me and you? Nestorius says no. St. Cyril says yes. That's why we call her Theotokos. Meter to Theu. The God-bearer. The mother of God. For St. Cyril, yeah, of course God came. And he was born of a woman. Was the man who... Was the one who suffered on the cross, was that God himself? The one and the same person. God and man. Theodore of Tarsus said no. Theodore of Mapsuestia said no. Theodoret of Sir has said no. Nestorius said no. St. Cyril says yes, that's him. The word died in his flesh. That's God on there. St. Gregory says God died. This makes no sense. How can God die? But that's what we say. Holy God, holy mighty, holy immortal, who was crucified for us? Have mercy on us. God was crucified. Somehow, it, above our, our understanding, but that's my God. The one who came, the one who walked on earth, the one who hungered and thirsted, the one who died on the cross. That's the one we call God. The one and the same. Fully man, fully God. Here, really, our, our understanding of God immensely affects our relationship with Him. When I'm talking to God, the God that I, that I talk to, the God that I worship, the God that I love, do I really believe that He knows my pain? He knows what I feel. He knows when I'm sad. He understands what that is. He felt those emotions. You know, the psychological pains that we have, can I look at him and say, yes, in Gethsemane, he had extreme psychological distress there. He was under a lot of stress. And anxiety and sadness were there. Can I say that? Dread was there. Can I say that? Is that the same God? Yes. That's Jesus. That's God. When I suffer injustice and humiliation, can I look the one on the cross and say, my God understands what I'm going through. My God was rejected from the people that are closest to him. He did nothing wrong, yet he was killed for it. That's my God. That's the one I worship. 
when, he, when I feel betrayed, when I feel rejected, can I look at him and know that his own friend, his disciple, re- betrayed him? His own people rejected him. That's my God. When I have physical pain, when my body's aching, when I'm injured, can I look at him and know that he understands my pain? He's been through much, much more than I can ever endure. He's been through one of the most um, suffering experiences and physical pain any human can ever endure. Roman crucifixion was no joke. Can I look at him and know that he knows what I'm going through and he suffered way more than anything I did? And he can lead me through it. Yes, that's my God. The way we understand who God is will ultimately affect how we, um, how, what's our relationship with Him. It's like how we talk to Him, how we interact with Him, how we trust Him. I can trust my God because I know He feels everything I felt. He's been through and been through a lot more. And He understands my pain when I'm, when I'm crying to Him. That's my God. In Hebrews, uh, the Bible says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Hebrews 4.15 It matters who came to save us. It matters who suffered for us. It matters who created us and takes care of us. And it matters who loves us and is worthy of our love. That's our God. And it matters that we know him. St. John the Baptist knew him. St. John the Baptist was called the greatest among women. And I think I mentioned this before, but the Bible doesn't mention any miracles for him. Not one. The Bible doesn't mention any books by him. Not one. The Bible doesn't mention any epistles by him. Not one. The Bible doesn't mention any laws that he gave. Not one. But yet he is the greatest among women. For the sole purpose that he knew God and he made others know him. He pointed him out. He saw him. He saw him among the crowd and he's like, that's him right there. That's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And others followed Christ because of that. That's why he's the greatest. He reflects God. He's like the moon. He reflects the light of God. That's why he's the greatest. In Acts, um, St. Paul is standing in Antioch, Pisidia and he's He's talking, and he says this in in the Acts today. He says, And as John was finishing his course, he said, Who do you think I am? I am not he, but behold, there comes one after me, the sandals of whose feet I am not worthy to lose. Men and brethren, sons of the family of Abraham, and those among you who fear God, to you the word of salvation has been sent. For those who dwell in Jerusalem and the rulers, because they did not know him, nor even the voice of the prophets which, which were read every Sabbath, I have fulfilled them in condemning. Because they did not know him. Here he makes a clear contrast. St. John the Baptist, he said, oh, I'm not, I'm not he, but I know who he is. He's coming. But the people that were reading about Christ every single day, every single Sabbath, they didn't know him. Had no idea who he is when he came. And St. Paul is making that distinction clear. St. John the Baptist knew Christ, knew God, and he pointed him out when we saw him. It's important to know who God is nowadays. Um, Unfortunately, sometimes when I hear like politicians and mega preachers, I wonder, are they talking about the same God I know? Are they talking about the same God I know? 
Are they talking about the God that says, love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself? Love your enemy. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him to drink. Go sell all that you have and come and follow me. Whoever loses himself will gain it. Whoever wants to be disciple, let him carry his cross and every day and come and follow me. For some reason, these things don't really make it into the political sphere. They don't make it into the mega, mega preacher sermons. And I wonder, are they talking about the same God? Or are they just focusing on a God that like, has those three social issues on mind and that's it? I wonder. In our time where God's identity is based on popular opinion, we really, really have to know who God is. And we have to love Him. And love Him for who He is and who He is alone. It's important. It's important to know who God is. Finally, of course we can't know God simply uh, by reading about Him or hearing about Him. St. James lets us know that there is an experiential aspect of Him too. The Bible, tradition, theology, they can tell us about God and they can, you know, lay the foundation, but we have to know God personally. And we know Him personally by doing. By doing things that bring us into His presence and bring Him into our lives. In the Catholic Epistles, St. James says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. If we're not doing anything, we're deceiving ourselves. If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not burdle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble, and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. James 1.22 Let us know God. Let us work diligently to always invite Him in our lives and be an open book and always reflect His light into the world. And as the church put these things in front of us to know God and love God, let us do and meditate on Him the rest of the year. To God be the glory forever and ever. Amen.